Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. My guest today is Adam Dodge. Adam is the founder of EndTab, and he is an internationally recognized digital safety expert. Hello. Uh, Adam believes that you do not have to be a tech expert to stay safe in the digital age. His work is characterized by his dedication to preventing and addressing the ways adults and children are harmed online and via their devices. He acts as a special advisor to the Coalition Against Stalkerware and sits on the World Economic Forum's Digital Justice Advisory Committee. Uh, Adam is also a licensed attorney whose work and expertise have been featured on CBS and in Vogue, the MIT Technology Review, Washington Post, NBC, GQ, and others. And how cool is that? Um, I met Adam when I was doing my 40-hour domestic violence advocacy training, and he did a presentation on um, this uh, digital safety stuff, and I immediately emailed him and was like, please come on my podcast, um, because so many of you deal with this. And, you know, the good news is, as as I said in, in reading his bio, that you do not have to be a tech expert in order to stay safe. And Adam is going to walk us through a ton of ways in which um, things that we can do right now um, to stay digitally safe. Before I give you my interview with Adam, I just also want to tell you yet again that my Should I Stay or Should I Go is brand spanking new in case you missed me talking about it the last few weeks. It is brand spanking new. I re-recorded every single video. I rewrote the entire curriculum. I condensed it to be far more streamlined to what you specifically need to answer the question of should I stay or should I go? And I expanded areas that I've had feedback on that were you know, most important and impactful to people who have taken the program in the past. So if you are a member already, if you actually have the old version, you should have gotten an email for how to upgrade. So make sure you check your, your email, uh, your spam folder, your promotions folder, and all of that in case you missed that. If you have not taken the program and you are still struggling with should I stay or should I go, or you've made the decision and you are in the place of like, how do I not do this again? This program is absolutely for you. So um, click on the link in the show notes, get yourself in this program, and it, uh, uh, it'll change your life. Plain and simple. So, uh, back to Adam, my friend, Adam Dodge, I adore him. Uh, and so here is my interview with Adam Dodge. Adam, thank you so, so much for coming on and talking to us about all, all things 
technology and abuse and digital abuse, you know, in my experience, in my work, this is becoming an, in, an increasingly uh, large problem. What are, what are you seeing? I'm seeing, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, and <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing what you're seeing. Um, I'm seeing people, especially coming out of the pandemic, trends coming out of the pandemic, people are online and on their devices more than ever before. So as a corollary to that, people are misusing the internet and social media and technology to harm others as well, particularly in unhealthy and abusive relationships. It's just, mm -hmm. it's become a no brainer for a lot of folks. Yeah. How, how do people use technology to, uh, as abuse, as an, a tactic of abuse in intimate partner how much time, relationships? How much time do you have? Kate? Yep. All day. We got all have? day. Let's go. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so many ways, um, mm -hmm. some of the common things that we see, for example, uh, and, and, I'm going to be very clear and intentional with my language here. And I don't use the word hacking, but I, I hear from a lot of survivors of relationship abuse that somebody has hacked their email or hacked their Instagram. And at the end of the day, it's not really hacking because the person that is doing this is not a hacker. They have, in fact, no tech expertise whatsoever. What they are doing is they are misusing access and opportunity to someone's accounts to, to gain access to them. So if I, for example, logged into Instagram on my partner's device, first of all, nobody logs out of Instagram. So once I leave the app, now that person, whoever has that device can get into my Instagram whenever they want. And so what we refer, refer to, what we refer to it as at NTAB is unauthorized account access because, or non-consensual account access, really getting into consent because what we're comfortable with goes beyond our, our bodies and bodily autonomy and includes our devices, accounts, and apps. And I don't know about you, but I'm on my device all the time and somebody invading my privacy in, in my in online spaces or in my device is really violating. And yeah. once they have access to those things, it's hard to know that they're in those accounts. And then they can use that access to monitor us, monitor our communications, monitor um, our our locations, steal information, steal photos, gaslight, do all types of things. I mean, digital gaslighting, it's gaslighting is almost tailor-made for for devices and accounts because it's so easy to do it subtly and really make somebody question their sanity if if it's being done, you know, on a regular basis. Say more about that. What is what is what does digital gaslighting look like? Sure. So it's it's designed to make somebody question. I mean, gaslighting in general is designed to make somebody question whether or not you know. No, I never said that to you, or no, you didn't. Mm -hmm. You didn't do that. You didn't pay that bill. You didn't. No, you left it open. No, you, and you mm -hmm. start when it happens over a sustained period of time. You know, if it's a one off, you'd be like, "You're out of your mind." I definitely I didn't do that. But when you hear it over and over again as part of a pattern of power and control in a relationship, you start to believe these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it happens in digital spaces or in online spaces, going in and making adjustments to someone's auto pay settings so that it's paying after the due date. So you simultaneously, mm -hmm. one, cause their credit to go down and cause financial abuse, but two, you, you make them doubt their own faculties. Well, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, must, I must have set that wrong. I must have done that wrong. Or going in and making changes. I've seen cases where people have gone in 
to shared streaming platforms like Netflix or whatever and start watching, you know, violent shows or, you know, think to, to mess with the algorithm to suggest things that either are unpleasant to a victim or survivor of domestic violence or are uh, more in line with the tastes of their ex. And it makes them feel like, well, like what, what is happening here? What is going on? And, and so it's, it's, it's a really good platform for doing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It's just, so, it's so insidious. Right. And it's so like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's so it, upsetting. Insidious is a really insidious is the perfect word for it, honestly, mm-hmm. because it really worms. It's, it's really easy because of our reliance on technology. It's really easy to worm your way in, um, that way because it's, yeah. it's hard to even know what's happening sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's really important that you distinguish between, because people do, they always say he hacked my account. He hacked, right. And that these people are not tech experts. They're not hackers. They're not putting in, going into the back end, putting in complicated code. They're simply utilizing, you know, our forgetfulness or our, right. The access that they once had, or, or they just know our passwords and they know us and they know that, you know, we, use the same password for everything or what have you, right? Which is actually something that we'll talk about. I know you have um you have thoughts on that. <laughs> so many. So many you're in my you're, you're in my brain you're... now. Whenever I'm like trying to like create a password, I'm like, okay, Adam says. <laughs> Listen, I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's what what I think about a lot is is the the unsophistication of people that engage in tech facilitated intimate partner violence, because you really, you you need to have zero expertise. Uh, But the good news is if the people that are are harming us don't have that tech expertise, then we don't have to have tech expertise to protect ourselves or stop it. So if there's a silver lining to this, it's that it's absolutely, we can absolutely do something about it. So, okay, well, let's go straight there to passwords, right? Because that's sort of like the, that's like the first line of defense, right? It's one of the first things that we tell people change all of your passwords, but that doesn't mean change them all to the same thing. Right. So, correct. <laughs> so talk to, talk to us about passwords. Cause I, cause like I said, I mean, it feels like that's like the first line of defense, right. Is, is, is passwords. What do we need to know it about our passwords? Okay. Yeah. It's hard mm-hmm. to make, so it's always hard in my trainings to make passwords an interesting subject to listen about. But here's how here's how I'll break it down. Um, we really it, look, they're the keys to our digital life, so they're really important to to have really strong, unique passwords across all our accounts, which is hard to do when you have, you know, the average person has ninety online accounts um, and eighty apps on their phone. So it's hundred and seventy different accounts that we have to, to keep track of, which. You know, makes it easy for somebody who has been close to us to to get into some accounts that maybe we've forgotten about or we've reused passwords on or something like that. So, but but it's doubly or triply important for folks in who have maybe recently been in an unhealthy relationship to to be on top of their passwords because you know the call may already be coming from inside the house, and by that I mean somebody may already be in our accounts. Like we're not changing passwords to prevent somebody from getting in completely. We're also need to be mindful of the fact that this person may have, I may have logged into my Amazon account on my partner's laptop and it saved the password and I never logged out. So now they're in there. And so one, we want to use really unique, powerful passwords. And a great Mm -hmm. way to do that is to get a password manager. They're free. 
so ones like LastPass or or One Password, and they will create really strong, unique pass, unique passwords for all your accounts, and you only have to remember one really kick-ass password for the password manager. Mm-hmm. But the other thing you want to do, and this is really specially true for victims and survivors of domestic violence and and who have been in abusive relationships, is you need to make sure you log everybody out of your accounts. That's that's what the the online safety sites don't tell you because they're not thinking about you. You're not thinking about people in unhealthy relationships. They're thinking about, you know, third parties who don't know us trying to get into our accounts. But when it's coming from inside, on the inside, then we need to take as victims and survivors of, of this type of abuse, we need to take an extra step of logging everybody out of our accounts. Because even if you update the password, that person may not get kicked out. So because they're already on the inside. So Update passwords and log everybody out. You can go into your iPhone or an Android device and you can go in and you can log everybody. You can see who's logged in and then you can also log everybody out. Where do you see that? Well, it it depends. So what kind of phone do you have? Do you have an iPhone? I have an iPhone. Yeah, okay. I have an iPhone. So if you go to, if you go to hit the setting, the little settings cog on your phone Uh and tap your name at the top which is, okay. should be your Apple ID. Mm-hmm. Now, if you scroll down, you will see uh, devices listed at the bottom. Oh. And sometimes awesome. you might mm-hmm. see a device like, oh, this is my ex's device. So this is somebody else's device. Right. So you want to you wanna, you wanna get that person out of there. So you would tap on the device that is no longer yours and it'll oh. take you to a page with some more detail and you can click re- tap remove from account. And that, that will I just, remove yeah. it as a trusted trusted device, and then they and then you update your password, and they can't log in anymore. So again, this is something you don't have to do as a normal everyday person. But when it, we're talking about relationship abuse in the digital age, this is the extra step we need to take. And unfortunately, people who are targeted by intimate partner violence, they just don't get the attention from mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, safety guidance that they should. Which is why you know I tend to focus on it because. There's a, there's a lot of folks out there that need that help. So, so I mean, I didn't n- not know that existed. And I'm like, it's this is so great because I just logged out like the old iPad that I gave away years ago. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ta-da! Um, I wiped it clean, but it was still connected to my account. So that's great. And so and so how about on on Android? Do you know how to do that on Android? So Android's a little more difficult because unlike iPhone, there are a bunch of different Android models. So I can't give you the guidance here, but I would just say if you Google or do an internet search for log out all devices, you know, Samsung Galaxy, it'll take you to the the, the steps to do that. So it's... um, it creates a real opportunity when multiple devices can be logged into a single account. So it's like, you know, you could have four devices logged into your Instagram account at any given time, for example. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, you can, that those are all safe and you want them in there is important. Right. Right. And also doing, you know, having that every time some, every time someone that works on my team logs into my Instagram account, I get a notification somebody's logging into your Instagram account in Phoenix. And I'm like, yes, okay, that's them. Or in Canada, like, okay, that's them. Right. And so I enabling those notifications, I assume is also a pretty important thing to do. Right. It is, you know, but usually or often once you say, yeah, that's, 
that's a safe device. You, uh-huh. know, you may not get that prompt anymore because now uh-huh. it's been considered a safe device. Uh-huh. And so if you did that when, when you were married to this person, then that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if I logged into using Amazon as an example, if I on my partner's laptop during a relationship and I log in now, Amazon is going to view that device as safe until I revoke it. Right. Because right. we don't mm-hmm. want to get prompted with every time we log in from our device saying, Hey, we see you, rep- you know, yeah. Adam, we see you under the right password, but we're going to text a six digit code to your phone to make sure it's you. Like you don't want to do that every single time because it's right. annoying. Right. But <laughs> and that's the loophole in in, in a partner violence and, and unhealthy relationships is once that you you make a device safe, it's not going to get prompted for that you know, extra mm. layer of security, which is mm. another big big loophole that doesn't get talked about enough. Okay, so passwords that's that's I think that's one thing that's really super important. And social media is there anything else that people should know about social media safety? So much. <laughs> On one hand, go, going sort of circling just recycling what we just talked about. You want to Uh make sure that you recognize all the devices that are logged into your social media accounts, because Mm -hmm. if somebody, if there's another device that's logged in, you, you can remove it just like we did with the iPhone example, you can go into TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram or whatever and verify what devices are logged in. And if you see one in there that you don't want in there, you can remove it. It's always a good idea to take a screenshot before you remove it in case you need it for evidence in a, restraining order, protective order case, or to show to law enforcement or, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but you, so you want to make sure that you know who's in there and whether you get out of a relationship healthy or unhealthy or otherwise, it's always a good idea to update your social media passwords. Just people tend to share that stuff uh, and log in on the other, uh, into each other's accounts pretty regularly. The other thing I would say is- Do, do they really? I mean, like, Why? Like I've never, oh, they, I just don't uh, understand we see it a lot, why. I see it a lot with like uh, high schoolers and college age oh, uh, okay. students. They'll create, okay. they'll co-create accounts together. They'll, they really, you know, because it's like you share everything in a relationship you know? and maybe no one's speaking to them to say, Hey, that's maybe not, if you're going to do that, like make an informed decision. Because if this relationship goes sideways, like that's, there's a lot of damage somebody can do from inside your accounts. So Mm -hmm. just make that informed choice. But the other thing I would say about social media is dealing with harassment, because there's so many ways somebody can, can get at you, you know, they can DM you, they can comment, they can tag you, they can do all these different things, right? They can at you. So a lot of people will, their go to is to say, well, just block that person, just block them, just block them. And I always cringe a little bit when people say that, because Blocking can often have an unintended consequence. You know, if you have a, a an ex who's been harassing the hell out of you and sending you all these DMs and, and messages on whatever, Instagram, let's say, and you block them, you, do you think that that person is going to be like, well, they got me. I've been blocked. I guess I'm going to leave them alone now forever. Or might they go and create new accounts, fake accounts to continue the harassment, right? Yes, so it's important to know on social media. Yeah, absolutely. They will. So yeah. And that still may be the right call, but it's important to know that there are things like muting and restricting that silences the, the harassment, but doesn't let the other person know they've been silenced. So you're muting, you're basically, you know, neutering them because they, they're not getting to you, but they don't know that they've been blocked or muted. So they continue 
without creating, right. you know, an army of accounts to harass you with. So it's important to know your options. They will escalate, right? They if they feel like they can't, so you're sort of you're sort of blocking their ability, their their need or desire to escalate. Yeah, and and, and for the person being targeted, blocking somebody it can actually be a really scary experience because once you, you block know. them, then the, they're worried. Well, how else now? Now what are they going to do? Are they going to escalate? Right. Are they going to come to my house? Are they going to start? So it's sort of like the devil, you know. So, but it impacts your quality of life because you're constantly getting harassed. So that's why muting and restricting may be a good option because it gives you your quality of life back, but doesn't escalate, you know, may prevents the abuse from escalating as it otherwise would if you block them. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. about knowing your options, knowing, knowing what each of those options do, and then making an informed choice as to which one fits your situation best, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I always cringe a little bit about, We'll just block them. It's like, well, you know, that may not be the best choice. And now a word from our sponsor, the Divorce Survival Program. Now that you know that divorce is on the horizon, you need to get up to speed on how all of this works. Stat. You probably have a million and one questions swirling through your head from how and when do we tell the kids to will my ex and I ever get along again and just about everything in between. You've got legal questions, you've got financial questions, and you've got a whole host of questions about your kids. And that doesn't even touch how you'll start your life over again. Lucky for you, I have the answers to all of your questions. As one of the pioneers of the divorce coaching industry, I've been helping women navigate the divorce process for the last decade. And now, for the first time ever, all of my divorce wisdom is available in one online program. The Divorce Survival Program will help you process the emotional fallout of your divorce so you don't go into mediation bitter or resentful. It'll help you understand the difference between litigation, mediation, collaborative divorce, and identify which is right for you. It'll help you tell your husband you want a divorce in a way that doesn't keep you stuck in a circular conversation for the next three months. It'll help you tell your kids you're getting a divorce in a way that won't completely break them. It'll help you understand how your divorce will impact your friends and family and what conversations are appropriate to have with each. It'll help you create appropriate and healthy boundaries with your ex and learn about dating after divorce and how that will affect you, your kids, and yes, even your ex. But most important, the most important thing this program will help you do is protect your children from any unnecessary fallout from an ugly and contentious divorce litigation. And that, my love, is fucking priceless. So sign up today. Go to kateanthony.com slash getting divorced and don't forget to use the code DSGPOD for $50 off. That's DSGPOD, Divorce Survival Guide Podcast, because that's where you heard it. DSGPOD will give you $50 off. So once again, that's kateanthony.com slash getting divorced. And now back to our episode. On Instagram now, I noticed this recently that um, in the last few months, they've created a feature where if you hit that you're going to block someone, it also says, and you have the option of blocking all accounts that they create. How how sort of airtight is that? I'm glad it's there. It's a mm-hmm. long time. They could have done this stuff 10 years ago, frankly. So it's really frustrating that they're just doing it now. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that aside, putting my own stuff aside for a second, <laughs> it's great, right? It's a great thing because mm-hmm. now what that means is if that person tries to create a fake account using that same email or that same device, their Instagram's going to say, sorry, you can't do that. The problem is it's pretty easily circumvented by using a VPN. So a virtual oh. private network, which changes your IP address. So and that's what it's relying on to block you. So if you don't do anything, then yeah, if you try to, if you get blocked, you try to create a new account and start messaging someone, you're not going to be able to do that. But using a VPN is not high level expertise. It's people use them all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and they're readily available. There's tons of them in the app store and the Google play store. So pretty easy to get around it, but I will take these speed bumps all day long because maybe the person maybe it's not worth their time to to use the vpn to create a new account maybe they leave the person alone so yeah with online stuff it's it's really about throwing up as many roadblocks as you can and you hope the person just gives up because they're just (laughs) not going to be that they're not going to be that dedicated about it because they're just a regular average person and they're not going to you know, crack their knuckles and put on their hacker hoodie and start, you know, <laughs> away. the key is to figure out how to get a backdoor into your accounts. You're like, okay, I'm not, I'm, you know, they changed all their passwords. You know, none of my devices are considered trusted anymore. They're not responding to my, my harassing messages. And hopefully, you know, or I've been blocked and I can't create new accounts. So, you know what, I'm going to go find lower hanging fruit than this and, and stop bothering this person. Cause it's not, I'm not getting anywhere. Right. Or, Unfor- you know, the other, all the alternative is, or they escalate or they escalate, which is always the danger, right? Let's talk about listening devices, echo or Alexa and stuff like that. Right. Is this a thing? Is this a thing? Are they, can they listen? Can they hear me? No, no one can say for certain that no one, that, that Amazon's not listening to you through an echo, oh, not but Amazon, but I the, am- but my, my former partner, right. If we had a, like a, a shared Alexa account, like, can he log into my Alexa and hear me? I don't think so. I, I, I it's not something we see happening. I think it's, okay. it's this concern is I think what makes technology such a great fear-based tool in relationship abuse is that anything seems possible right now i'm not saying yeah. i mean you should definitely update your passwords to your smart home speakers and um and and all that good stuff but it's usually the least complicated answer when someone is describing a pattern of tech facilitated abuse it's like well they know where i am all the time or they know that i said this or they know these things and there's so that means there's a, a spy camera or a listening device in my home and you know, the truth of the matter is it's like, no, they still have access to your email and are able to read your emails or um, it, it's never, it's rarely something super sophisticated. And and the good, if there's good news to be had, when people are worried about a listening device in the home, that's not necessarily being misused like a smart speaker, but it's actually like a, a device they bought off like a spy website, like a, a spy tech website, which are readily available. The good news is there's a path to determining whether there's a spying device, like a spy cam in your home, because one, it's going to be plugged into power. And two, it's likely going to be using the internet because sending radio signals or whatever is just not something these things do. I've talked to people in spy tech. So you can go on, you can go onto your, like whatever, whoever your internet provider is, and you can see what devices are currently logged into your home's Wi-Fi. So and we should know this gets to oh, at this, this is idea. really important. It's great that we're, yeah, it, it gets at this idea that people, when they think about safety, 
typically think about physical safety and it's great to have your doors locked and have a motion lights on and a video doorbell and all that kind of stuff. But our digital safety is equally important and we should know what devices are using our Wi-Fi. So yes. you can also download a, a free app called Fing, F, uh, F as in Frank, I-N-G. Uh-huh. And it's what it does really well is it'll tell you when you log, when you download on your phone and you're logged into your home's Wi-Fi, it'll tell you every device that's logged into your home's Wi-Fi. So we should know what's in there. And if we can catalog, catalog every device, then we know that there isn't somebody, you know, using a spy device in our home. And, but like I said, if you have an app that comes with your internet provider, like if you got like a spectrum app or something, it'll show mm-hmm. you in there too. Really? But we should know, just like we should know if somebody has a key to our house and we haven't, and we need to update our keys, we should know if somebody has left the device, is, is left a device in our home and is using our Wi-Fi to spy on us. It's really, we un- it's absolutely really should. That's right. I didn't know that we could do this. It would be something to Google. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you should know, we should know what apps are on our phone. We should know what devices are using our Wi-Fi, but because they're sort of hiding in plain sight, we often don't give those, those areas of our lives the attention that they deserve. But absolutely, if somebody installed a parental monitoring app on our phone and has been using it to track our location without our consent, that's something we should know about. But it's often the last thing people are thinking about in a in an unhealthy relationship because you know there's so many other things to think about but right that, right that, that's why i'm sort of on this mission to get folks to treat their digital safety in the same way they treat their physical safety mm-hmm, i think if we mm-hmm. do that then we'll be able to prevent a lot of the sort of easy ways that current or former intimate partners are violating the digital privacy of, of folks so Speaking of apps, I mean, every app, because I've heard people be like, I think there's an app hiding. Like I've checked everywhere, but I can't see there's, I can't find any spyware on my phone, but I'm sure it's there. Is that a thing? Can they hide an app? Yeah, <laughs> because... for sure they can. Yeah. Big time. Oh, they, wow. So we, we, so we call it stalkerware. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the term we've just, uh, we, I didn't, I didn't call it that, but those of us in the field called stalkerware. And there's actually a great website called stopstalkerware.org. Stopstalkerware.org, which is the Coalition Against Stalkerware website. So if you want to know, there's a great resource on that website that if you have an Android device, will show you how to verify if there's unwanted apps installed on your phone. Now, can it find, can, can a layperson find stalkerware on their device with 100% certainty? No. It's designed to hide. The best advice that I've gotten from experts is if you're really worried that your phone is compromised and somebody has downloaded stalkerware onto your device, is to factory reset the device. Hmm. And that should solve it. But stalker, it's it could be stalkerware, or it could be that they're logged, have access to your Google and Gmail account, and are using maps and watching your inner what websites you're visiting on. If you use a, a Chrome, a Google Chrome browser, and learning all the information that way, right? it does. Mm. They don't need. I mean, if you ever go to myaccount.google.com or myactivity.google.com, if somebody has access to that, they can see where, where you're going, where you've been. 
what websites you visited, what pages on those websites you're visiting, what Oof. what apps you're downloading, what you're spending your money on. I mean, it's pretty shocking, and most people have never even heard of those two those two I pages didn't. For, for Gmail users, right? So it so so those are yeah, but yes, they can absolutely hide on your device. And I would uh, the last thing I'll say about stalkerware is if you really feel like. It, the number one red flag is your intuition, you know, and your instincts. If you feel like somebody knows something they shouldn't or you're being followed, like don't dismiss that as paranoia. We live in an age where that's absolutely possible. And some other red flags to be on the lookout for are your battery dying more quickly. A lot of people will think, oh, my phone's just getting older. I need to do an update. But because stalkerware hides in planes, hides in the phone and is constantly sending information and everything that's going on on this device to somebody else, it's working really hard, which can cause the battery to drain more quickly. So don't dismiss a quick, uh, a, a short battery life as mm-hmm. just, well, I need a new phone because it could actually be a sign. I don't want people to start seeing stalkerware everywhere, but that's, we. Yeah. it's getting it's getting cheaper to acquire. It's getting better at what it does. And so it's, it's definitely out there. It's just not. And we saw a huge spike in stalkerware during the pandemic. Um, so people need to be aware of it for sure. Why, why is it legal? Why wh- is it illegal? Is it like, what's the, what are, what are the laws available out there? Yeah. Around this. <laughs> You're not going to find stalkerware on the app, Apple app store, for example, because they are very, particular about what they allow on their platform right the google play store is unlikely to have it on there although it's more likely to have it than the app store but where people are able to get it is on android devices you can download apps outside the app store outside the google play store so you can get them from any shady website on the internet so yes you know i i don't know that the act of downloading stalkerware on somebody's device in and of itself is illegal, but it can be qualified as cyber stalking. It can qualify as harassment. It can cause, you know, it's criminal. It can be Mm -hmm. part of a criminal act, but it's not, it's, it's very easy to get. So it's, it's, you know, you can go to really any website that sells stalkerware and and get it that way, unfortunately, but we don't, we don't see it a ton. It's not like, oh my gosh, every other case is stalkerware, but it's an emerging issue. And because it's so effective, we want people to know about it as it becomes more mainstream. Okay. What about mirroring computers, right? Like people say, like, I think he's got some mirroring thing where he can see everything I'm doing on my computer. Is that a thing? And where is that hiding? Yeah, that's a, th- that could be a thing. I mean, is it, it the could same be thing? a stalkerware thing. Uh-huh. It could be a stalkerware mm-hmm. thing, or it could just be, you know, using the iCloud to mirror on multiple, you know, uh, you know, or any kind of shared you know, access software platforms to, to share. Oh, I just, it's more convenient for me to mirror, you know, my desktop to my, to my laptop, you know, so it's not, or phones, you can mirror phones like through the the phone provider. You can say, Oh, I want this phone to ring on. I want my phone number to ring on both these devices. So in a circumstance, so it's not always, it's more the misuse of something that's meant this is true for a lot of tech-enabled abuse, actually. It's the misuse of something that's meant to be convenient, right? right. And so that, like, oh, I don't want to have to get a six-digit code texted to me every time I log in. I want it just once, you know, and that's meant to be convenient, but then it creates opportunity for somebody to, to misuse it. So, but I, I worked on a case where somebody me- went 
into their shared phone plan and mirrored the the victim's device to their own device so that their text messages and phone calls were were going to two different devices. And so they had no idea that they were being monitored in that way. But they just did that through the phone provider. And they've gotten a little better with that where you have to download an app usually. And it's not this super conspicuous act, but because of all the family sharing and all these different shared devices, like there's a lot of convenience-based stuff that's and and that's why people in unhealthy and abusive relationships are such prime targets for this because we're constantly sharing our devices and family sharing all this kind of stuff and so it makes it very easy for somebody who's maybe even not even thinking about misusing technology to to monitor somebody they may just find out oh family sharing still turned on and we've been separated for months now i can see where they are right now right so not criminal masterminds on the other end of these things. <laughs> you know, they sort of fall into an app backwards sometimes. Oh, right. And I just think that's so, I think it's so important for people to recognize, right? That And, and as you said, because it's not some criminal mastermind hacking, it, it, that means that you don't have to be an expert in this. You just have to kind of be smart about understanding what's going on on your on your phone or your computer. I mean, I'll often say to people like take your shit to the genius bar. Like if you really don't know if you've got an Apple MacBook or or an iPhone and you really don't know what's on there, the genius bar, they're pretty good at that stuff. Well, I've had mixed uh experiences from folks doing that. Okay. They're like as far as telling you whether stalker was on the device, it's not I wouldn't hang my hat on that because that's not really what they're set up to do. Sure. But they can show you, you know, every device, every app that is downloaded onto the device, but you don't need to go to the genius bar for that. You just can do that in your settings. But sometimes it's nice to have somebody help you with that, you know, and it can be very, if you're, if you feel like you're being abused through your technology, sometimes it's just nice to go somewhere and be like, Hey, can you just walk me through so I can see, make sure somebody didn't put, a parental monitoring app on my on my phone and because like on iPhones there's a hidden folder for apps so you can hide apps on an iPhone there is where's the yeah. I mean there's a hidden folder for apps what are you talking about where is that if you <laughs> open <laughs> settings tap your name tap media and purchases down near the middle okay it's going to bring up a little menu that asks yeah. you to and you take view account and it's going to do like face ID or something like that and then scroll down and, and on account settings till you see hidden purchases. Oh my goodness. It's like, what the what? Why? You know what I have? <laughs> I have Subway Surfers. Have? <laughs> Subway Surfers. Oh, cool. So I guess it was... Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I have I have Whole Foods Market on online for some reason. Why, why are these hidden? That's hilarious. But, so, but now you see that if somebody... Let's say you're in a relationship with someone and they get a hold of your phone and they download a parental monitoring app and then hide it on the device... Uh huh. You know, before I got into this work, I didn't spend time in iPhone settings. Like who, who's got time? I don't. And who wants I didn't do know that? this but, even existed. But when you start doing it, it's like, oh yeah, I should probably know if there are some hidden apps on my phone, you know, or I uh-huh. should know what what apps are on my device. And in fact, yeah. if you go up from hidden purchases and tap purchase history. Mm. That'll show every app that's ever been downloaded on the device within the last 90 days, within the last year. That uh-huh. way, even if somebody's downloaded an app and since deleted it from your phone, it'll show up there. And again, we should know what apps are on our devices. We shouldn't be in the dark about this stuff, especially right. 
if we're in a in a controlling or unhealthy relationship or what we're in one recently and yep you know taking control of our our devices and and you know we deserve to be safe whether we're online or offline what we're comfortable with doesn't change when we get into online spaces and it's really easy for people to exploit that but i think as i'm hoping as we move forward and and we spent are getting deeper into this digital age i mean you and i were talking about the metaverse earlier but so terrifying it, it's almost not going to be an option but to care for ourselves online as well as we care for ourselves offline because online abuse is not a second hand citizen to physical abuse it's deeply traumatic and harmful and people deserve to be safe in those spaces and people who harm people in those spaces deserve to be held accountable just like they do offline yes but what about like car trackers i think like car, that's another thing is the car tracking and again oh, i yeah. think as you're as i think you're pointing out i mean first of all i think they're really easy to buy right the ones that just stick up under your car but also check your phone and see who's trapping you know tracking your location right because it could be as simple as your find my right and yeah, the family, family sharing, sharing thing or, or find mm-hmm. my friends or something like that you know yeah. car trackers i mean the cars themselves the newer cars, you you know, they have apps attached to them, so you can track yes. the car itself. That's right. Yeah. But I right now I'm seeing a lot less of GPS trackers that get stuck underneath cars, and I'm seeing a lot more of personal trackers like AirTags and Ooh. Tile devices being yes. misused as a long range tracker um, and put behind a license plate or shoved into a sunroof or something like that. That's yeah, let's seeing. talk about that because you said something. You told me something a while ago when we when we first spoke about um, what are they called? The other Air, one, air tags. Air tags. Air tags. And then after we talked about it, I got a notification on my phone that there was an air tag, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" So can you sort of briefly? T- I was like. I, I freaked out, Adam, because I normally would have been like, what is this? I don't know. And then I was like, oh, my God, wait, somebody put an air tag in my bag. I literally started like unpacking my bag, looking for this air tag. So can you <laughs> please explain this air tag situation? Because this is freaky. Yeah, it's freaky. So Apple came out with air tags last year. That's a personal tracker. It's you know the size of a quarter, maybe a little bigger. And it's designed to help you keep track of your stuff. So you put it on your keychain, you put it in your bag, it connects to your phone via Bluetooth. And if you can't find your stuff, it'll allow you to basically open an app and it'll direct you to where the AirTag is. And it uses Bluetooth. So at first blush, you're like, well, what's the big deal? Bluetooth has a limited range. If I'm connected to a Bluetooth speaker and walk away, it disconnects. So if someone's trying to long range stalk me, this isn't a very good tool. But the problem is what Apple did is they turned their entire device network, and there's over a billion with a B of those devices around the world, into a tracking network. So now all those devices are, I basically for $29 have access to Apple's device network to use as a tracking network. And so it becomes very easy for me to track people without their consent using these devices. And as you said, if you have an iPhone, you'll get an alert. Um, but you won't if you have an Android device, unless you've downloaded the AirTag app, which why would you download that app if you don't own an AirTag? Right. So it's problematic. And you only get the alert within eight to 24 hours. So for people who are having these slipped into their bags after a night out at the bar, you know, eight to 24 hours is too long of a, of, of a window because if someone's trying to get at you that night. That's concerning. So 
It's really important to have just an increased awareness that these are a thing now and people are misusing them. And if you feel like you're being tracked or you get an alert, it's going to be, if it's being used to track you, it's going to be in something that travels with you. So check your bag, check your car. It's not going to be in the, it's not going to be in your couch, right? Because your couch doesn't move. So we know what they look like and we know where they're going to be located somewhere moving with you. So uh, conducting a physical search actually has borne a lot of success for the folks that we've worked with because they can only be in so many places. Check behind license plates, mm. um, look inside under floor mats in wedged into car seats, that kind of stuff. Okay. So the, when, when I got that notification, right, I was like, well, I don't understand. And I like, and I, and I did, I like emptied out my bag. I did not search my car, but I've never heard anything since. It should direct you to the device too. So it, if you follow the prompts mm-hmm. on an iPhone, it'll make the AirTag play noise or to help you find it. So oh, um, AirTag, know. Apple oh. does give you an assist. You have to. I didn't know how to use press it, a so link was... to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's so freaky and un- mm-hmm. and sort of violating and uncomfortable. Yeah. It's easy to just be like, ah, I just want this gone, well, but. Yeah, people are using it at, 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 no, at no surprise to anybody working in this industry that, you know, creeps will use this to monitor and track people without their consent because it's it's a $29 device tracker that, you know, you don't have to, it's so easy to use. So easy, I should say, so easy to misuse. It's And it's not just Apple. There's Tile, there's Samsung trackers, there's Chipolo or Chipolo, which are uh, different trackers. There's pet trackers. There's all this, you know, personal tracker network that can be um you know misused that way oh all right um i'm now i'm freaking out about this this thing this this thing that i didn't quite (laughs) i don't think i i don't think i investigated far enough but i i will (laughs) i will do that you would have gotten another alert you would continue to get alerts though i would okay there's a lot of false positives sometimes so i wouldn't okay that's what i assumed but it was hilarious because it was literally just after we talked and i was like Oh my God, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that was me. I did that. I just wanted you to did keep that. you, you know, mm-hmm. I really wanted to drive time. home the point I was making. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Okay, Adam. So is there a, a digital ch- a checklist or something? Do you have anything on Ntab that is like something, a checklist that people can go through or what's, is, do you have any, are there any resources out there like that? Since I tend to, to do very focused trainings and presentations for like corporations and universities and nonprofits and stuff like that. I don't have a bunch, a lot of forward facing stuff on my site, but Mm -hmm. a really good site that you would not think is a resource for this is consumer reports actually. So they have something called security planner on consumer reports and it is really awesome. So it's intuitive. It's, sort of choose your own adventure. It's okay. What kind of, what are you worried? What issue are you worried about? You select that. And what kind of device do you have? You select that, you know, what kind of abuse are you worried about? You select that. And then it gives you sort of a customized guide to deal with it. And so, and it's got a bunch of cool articles. And in fact, I just helped on one or advised on one for personal trackers on that site. So it's, that's where I send most people is to is to the consumer reports security planner. It's great. It's free and it's it's really it's it's really well done. 
So cool. I love consumer reports. That's great. Me too. That's really good. They're so, God, they're so smart. They can do no wrong in my eyes. They're just really I know. It. So, okay, Adam, where can people find you and uh, learn more about you and your work? My website is endtab.org, E-N-D as in dog, T-A-B as in boy, or I'm at Adam R. Dodge on social media. So it's Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. So yeah, the, you can find me there. They're all professional work accounts. So it's not going to be pictures of me with puppies or anything like that. It's usually <laughs> talking about talking about online sure. gender-based violence or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but if that's your jam, uh, you can find me there. <laughs> that's great. Adam, thank you so, so much. I am just so happy that we, I'm, I'm sad that this conversation has to happen, but I'm so happy that you are such an incredible resource for this. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And for everything you do. I mean, you're helping a lot of people. So it's awesome. And I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to the folks. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you my love, deserve to be happy.